tonight's topic is what is really real and how do we decide what's real for us and it is a choice the spiritual life with angela boswell and the thing that's been on my mind the most this week is this concept of what is real what's really real and how do we decide what's real for us. And so I started thinking, you know, it's kind of hard these days. Um, it's hard to know what's real, not just the news or what we read or what people say, but if you are experiencing any type of like, you know, psychic phenomenon or, um, anything like that, then you wonder too, like, what is real? And so I wanted to blend those two concepts together about what is really real anymore. And um, so I wrote some notes about it, and I'll just be going through the notes too. And as usual, I'll talk for a while, and then I'll ask if anybody wants to come on and be a guest a little later, okay? So here we go, um, back to the idea that if you're doing your spiritual work or if your brow chakra is opened or opening, you may not be sure that what you're experiencing is real. Maybe you see something out of the corner of your eye, or maybe you feel someone enter the room, but no one is there. Maybe you think you hear somebody calling your name. Maybe you had an intense dream and there was someone in your dream who had passed away and they were talking right to you and it seemed so real, like they were really there. So how do you know what's real? How can you tell what isn't? You know, to try to find that answer, I thought, well, let's just look around us. What is real to you in your world right now? You know, we're exposed to so much information in every single second. How do we choose what we process? So I tried to think of an analogy about how do we, how do we choose what's real for us? And it got me thinking back to like, what's an experience in our lives, just one experience where we have a lot of information coming to us. And I started think about, thinking about when you're driving in traffic, okay? There's a lot going on. How do you know what to pay attention to? You've got your feet. They're controlling the foot pedals, which is controlling your speed. Your hands are controlling the steering wheel, which controls your direction. Your eyes are taking in so much information. The road signs, the traffic signals, the drivers around you. Maybe there's pedestrians in the crosswalk. Or you may be looking for an address of a, of a certain business that you want to go to. So you're paying attention to all of those business signs around you to pick the right location and the right address. You have all of that going on around you. And then maybe there's someone next to you and they're also talking to you. Or maybe you have the radio playing or maybe you're talking on your phone and it's on speaker and you have that going as well. All of these things are happening at the same time and your mind is absorbing them and deciding what is most important to you in every single nanosecond. Let's just say that you and your friend, you decide you're hungry and you want to go to, go to that business you are looking for or you want to go there after you eat. So now you're going to switch gears and you're looking for a restaurant because your priorities have changed. You consider the food options around you. You start visualizing the different meals you might want to eat. But the whole time you're still paying attention to the road and the radio is playing in the background. How do you choose what information to process at that time? It's a lot of information coming at you through your eyes in your mind, you know, in your, from your ears, your communication, everything's getting processed at the same time. But this driving experience that I just detailed, it's nothing unusual. 
I mean, most of us have done it so many times that we don't even think about it. Our attention and our actions are pretty much on autopilot because our brains have already been trained to prioritize and reprioritize what's important to us in every instant. But how about back in the day when you first started driving? Do you remember what that was like? You know, it was a little scary sometimes. You know, you had to make quick quick decisions and you had to pay attention to everything. And when you first start, started driving, it was like everything was super important, all the same amount of importance, and it was overwhelming. You know, most of us learned how to focus on one thing at a time and then add the others. Maybe when we first started driving, we wouldn't play the radio while we drove. Or we would only go to familiar places. Or we wouldn't talk on the phone. Or we wouldn't talk to the person next to us. It was just so much easier when we can focus on one thing at a time. And then after we mastered that, we could move on and add something else. And I think that figuring out what's real to us, it's a lot like that. In today's world, we can get overwhelmed by so much information. The world comes to us every day through our phones. We can access any information at any time about anything. Some of it is controllable, like when you open an app, like here on Wisdom, you control that. And some of it's not, like spam calls and texts, notifications and junk mail in our email box. How do we know what to prioritize and what to focus on? Well, with all of this information comes a lot of disinformation, distortion, and actually downright lies. Who is to know what is real anymore? I think the best way to handle it is to ask yourself, what is real to me? And also keep an ear to the ground. Meaning, stay aware of the things that are outside of your personal life, but don't let them rule you. Here's an example. When I feel like I'm overwhelmed or confused, I start off with the first three things that I know are real for me. I say things like my name, my address, and what color shirt I'm wearing. I know those are real for me in that moment. Then I start moving outside of that. Like, I work here, I, drew, I grew up in this town, or last year I went on a vacation in this state. I know these things are real for me, and I go from there. And that is the reality that I've created by my own decisions. Without the influence of anyone else. Those things I know are real. So no one is influencing me and interrupting me as I recount these things that are real to me. No family, no friends, no social media. If I don't get this grounding, my mind goes a little crazy and I can even doubt myself what I believe and what is real to me. I've recently been watching the reports on artificial intelligence. I know you guys have too, that whole AI thing with the bots and um, how it's going to be replacing so many things. And I'm a little surprised that it was so quickly handed over to the masses on our phones and on our desktops. For me, the concept of AI was something like robots, you know, very big, very complex. I never thought about using it to write a blog or edit a video or even create artwork. So we now have the power to create something completely new with AI and the ability to edit something that has already existed all without our minds. I can see that going into the future, the concept of real is going to get even more complicated. We may reach a point where we can no longer trust our own eyes, our ears, no matter who we think delivers the information. So what do we do? We go back to deciding what's real to us and what we prioritize.
Perhaps our worlds get a little smaller and we only trust what we personally experience. Perhaps our physical communities get stronger and more in-depth as we learn to trust each other more and we return back to a time when it's not about information but about experience. At that point, what we know to be real is what we are personally experiencing, not what we've read, not what we saw on TV, and not what social media tells us on our phones. It's definitely something we need to think about. To do this, we'll need to trust our instincts, trust our intuition, trust our inner knowingness. We'll need to prioritize what we are directly experiencing and leave everything else behind. That will mean being engaged more with the world around us and the people in it. It will mean putting in the time to grow and maintain relationships. It will be a return back to the way things once were, maybe 30 or more years ago. You know, back then, we weren't as informed on what was happening around the world, and we weren't so informed on what we should be thinking about everything around us. We were just real. What do you think about that? I really thought a lot about that. You know, as I was writing those notes, I, um, I just really started worrying and wondering about what is real. The last few years have really, have really real, <laughs> the last few years have really made me question what's real, what's our reality, what's our group reality. Because I've had some people that I've known for years, 15, 20 years, who had extreme opposite views of what they were experiencing than my views were. And we live in the same world and we live in the same country, even the same state. <laughs> you know? And I, I just couldn't understand that. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm older than a lot of people on this app. Okay. So, uh, so when I, you know, when I say when I was younger, you know, I'm talking, I grew up in the eighties, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gen X kid and we had group experiences. We, you know, we had cassette players, which were really cool. We had albums, of course, but we, at least where I lived, it was a, it was a small town in the middle of nowhere. We only had access to certain albums and tapes certain artists the big guys you know michael jackson madonna george michael actually it was wham back then it was before george michael and the go-go's and the bangles and all those great bands but we had a shared experience almost all of us listened to the top 40 every sunday night um we all once mtv came out we all watched the same video rotation on MTV. We watched the same TV shows at night um, all across the country. We watched the same TV shows. We even had our own style. You know, we all had the um, acid wash jeans, <laughs> uh, the neon clothes. We had a shared experience growing up. And through that shared experience, we were able to determine what was real for us. And when we spoke with other people about our experiences and there was something outside of that, we didn't think that was real. We'd be like, aliens? That's not real. You know, if we didn't see it on TV or I guess even hear it on the radio, we just really didn't think it was real. Um, you know, we all got the same information from the Associated Press in our newspapers. And so that was all real. And I feel like in some ways, younger people today are missing out on some of that group experience, you know, that we can all relate to. There are so many choices. And everything is, it's like the wild, wild west of communication. 
You can find any opinion about anything at any time. And no matter what you believe, you can find a thousand other people that believe that too. And so it confirms your belief that that's what you know is real. And then with all these algorithms going on with um, everything, you know, every app has these algorithms from YouTube to Facebook to TikTok, Instagram, whatever you're on, it's ran by algorithms. And, you know, those, those codes make sure that you continue to see what you've already shown interest in. So once again, what you've already chosen to be your reality gets mirrored back to you and confirms that that is what's real for you. And then therefore, that must be what's real for everyone because that's the real real. Because you saw it. I mean, goodness, you got on Facebook and you saw the same thing that you saw on Instagram, which was the same thing you saw on Twitter and the same thing you saw on TikTok and whatever, 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 because you are part of the algorithm. And so what's real for you becomes very real for you. And then the people who have their own algorithms going on through their own choices have a whole different real than your real. And in their world, everything is very real for them. And I think that's how a lot of this showed up in politics because you would have one instance that somebody said something and then you would come out with five different opinions on that. And then it got down to two different opinions and you were either for or against regardless because you kept getting your opinion mirrored back to you everywhere you went. And so it became very real for you. And I think that's why so many people became extremely emotionally attached to their perception of what was real for them. And also because of COVID, you know, we had a lot more time on our hands. <laughs> Let's just face it. Nobody was going to sporting events. All the bars were closed. There was no tailgate parties. You know, it was, it was a lot more time on our hands. And so um, without a lot of the distractions of daily life, many people really buckled down and became extremely attached to their opinion of what was real, or I guess their experience of what was real for them. And then it became that we were enemies if your real and my real didn't match. And I feel like that was really um, a changing point for us here. In some ways, I think it's good that we have so much more individualism than we did in the past. Like I was talking about when where I grew up. I think it's good that we have so many choices. Um, but on the other hand, what brings us together? You know, if, if we have all of these different things that that are so alike. Like here's an example. Um, say that I, okay, I have Spotify and I have my playlist and I tend to listen to, I'm going to say three music genres that are, are my favorites. And that's what I tend to listen to. And so Spotify makes my daily list for me to listen to, and it includes those three genres. And then it has, you know, albums that are suggested for me and new artists that are suggested for me. And they don't stretch outside those three genres because that's what I've shown it that I like. That, that, that literally, right? I press the little like button, the heart button, and it shows me that's what I like. So... That's what it shows me more of. But I'm not being exposed to other genres. I'm not being influenced by anything else. So all I know is what I'm connecting with and what I've been shown, period. I don't even look for other things because I'm happy with what I have. And that was one of the things I really liked about this Wisdom app was that anytime I got on it and listened, there were all these different people from very different walks of life in their own perception of what's real or what's real for them may or may not be what's real for me. 
And it gave me an opportunity to question myself and question my own beliefs and to see if I was congruent, you know, was I in my integrity with the things they were saying? I thought, huh, that's interesting. I could hear that. Oh, I could consider that. And so, of course, I am a little concerned with some of the new updates that they have on here now that is um, linking people to like-minded people um, because I like the diversity and I like the, um, I don't know, the different viewpoints and it helps me expand my mind on what other people are thinking and what's real for them and it helps me question that in myself. So I definitely want to say that I'm a little concerned about that because it's something that's really been on my mind lately. Now, what is real? And if we continue getting divided up into these areas in which our viewpoints and opinions are constantly mirrored back to us, and then through algorithms, we are only connected with those that reinforce these viewpoints to us of what's real, how do we grow? How do we expand? You know, how do we accumulate more information and become stronger because of it? And I think that's one of the things I've always loved about this country is that even with so much diversity, we were always so peaceful. And that I, I feel like in our like-mindedness, we are becoming separated and um, at odds. And that's one of the things I've always loved about Disney World. I know this is like kind of like, where is she going with this? But I always loved Disney World because you would go and stand in line to get on a ride and you know, you're there with your family and there are all these people surrounding you and they're from every country in the world. They all, you know, they speak different languages. They have different cultures, different beliefs, different religions. And we're all standing there in line laughing with each other and excited and loving our kids and sharing in this beautiful moment, you know, the happiest place on earth. And we're able to do that in this country. And at Disney World, nobody's fighting. There's no riots. There's nobody screaming and blaming somebody else for something. I mean, perhaps it's because, you know, we've shelled out probably 150 bucks each minimum for us and our kids to go stand in line on this ride. And we want to make sure that everything goes smoothly and we get our money worth. I mean, money's worth. It could definitely be something like that. But I've always thought it really was such a magical place that all these people from all walks of life from around the world, all coming together and being nice to each other. And, you know, nobody's shoving each other in lines or, you know, elbowing their way through to get to the front. People are just nicely standing in line, talking and, and being happy. And kids are playing together. They don't even speak the same language. I've always thought that was just such a wonderful example. And um, one of my relatives worked at Disney World for a long time in security. And I asked her once, like, do you see a lot of fights there? I mean, there are there people like from different religions, like duking it out somewhere, you know, in Disney? You know, are people, do they scream? Do, does it get crazy? And she said to me, the only fights that we ever break up are within family. Um, that it's domestic, you know, domestic fighting. It's, um, you know, all family members turning on each other and getting angry with each other and family issues and all of that. She said, I've never seen a fight in Disney between two people that did not know each other. And wow, that really struck me. And I thought, well, you know, if we can do it at Disney World, how come we can't do it in traffic? You know, how come we can't just be nice to each other like that and all have like this common goal together? And and then that would be real for everyone in our own way. 
but you know, is our own perception of what is real for us and, and in our world, is that what keeps us so divided also? And how much do we really need to know? That's another thing I was thinking about was, as I said before, when I was young, there was a group experience. And really, I didn't spend much time watching the news or reading the newspaper when I was a teenager. Now, we, I guess we watched the news after dinner every night and everybody saw the same news. You know, you, you had three options and that was it. And it was all the Associated Press kind of stuff. So it was all delivered to us. And we all had the shit same experience, shared experience of the news stories that we heard about. You know, you, if you discussed the news at school, which <laughs> I'm sure we didn't. But if we were to have at the time, because there were much more important things going on in my world than talking about the news. Um, so I wasn't really aware of that. I was more aware of my clothes and what football team we were playing on Friday night and what parties were coming up. Oh, yeah, and, and tests, that kind of stuff too. Studying and tests and field trips and all of that kind of stuff. All of that was on my mind. So I didn't think a lot about um, what was going on in the world. But teenagers today do um, because they're inundated with this information everywhere. They don't have to selectively go and find it like we did. Oh, well, the news comes on at 6 o'clock, and if you don't watch it at 6 o'clock, you miss it. <laughs> you have to ask your parents if you want to know. There's no reruns. There's no rewind. There's no checking it out later on a recording or online. There's nothing like that. You miss the news at 6 o'clock, you miss the news, period. So today we have so much access to so much information. Maybe one of the ways that we're able to assimilate it all is to only pick those things we can relate to. Only pick those things that we feel are real to us or you know, that are part of our mindset already. And if we can focus on those things and accept those things as real, then maybe we can process that, that little chunk right there. We can process it because it's familiar to us and we don't have to consider all the billions of other pieces of information that are headed our way that aren't familiar to us and try to process those. Maybe the world's just getting too scary. Maybe there's just too much going on. And it's just too hard to think about things that are different from what we already know or believe in. And so we just stick with what we know and believe in because it's comfortable and we don't have to stretch or um, consider or assimilate that information into our minds. Perhaps that's what we do these days, just to get a handle on, on all of the bits and pieces of information out there so that we can process it and it can make a little sense to us. What do you think? Now, I know it's kind of a, a, a deep topic. It's kind of out there, you know, but it, I just, just think about these things sometimes with the whole AI coming online now. How do we know what's real? I know you guys have probably saw this too, but um, if you watch the news, <laughs> CBS Sunday morning, you know, I think that's the uh, one of the last shared experiences Gen X has is we also to watch CBS Sunday morning, but not necessarily on Sunday mornings. You know, whenever we can get around to it, that's kind of our still our shared experience. And I was watching this um, one clip where they took Tom Cruise's face and put it on this other man as a video and it looked exactly like him. It was his voice, it was his face, it was his mannerisms, exactly like him. And it really bothered me because I thought, wow, 
news can now be manufactured. Anything can be created to look like anything at any time. We, we're no longer going to be able to trust videos or photos or podcasts or voices. We're not going to be able to trust what we see or hear anymore, period. And, and people that we think may be brilliant may just be using AI to write books and to write blogs and to create videos and edit them. And, you know, will that be a shared experience? Because if we all use the same AI software, then we're all going to start sounding the same, aren't we? That's something to think about. I kind of think that there may be some backlash on this. And maybe we just get tired of it all. Maybe we just get tired of wondering all the time, what's real? Is that real? Or is that real? Can I trust that? Can I not trust that? What's the agenda behind this? Well... It's kind of crazy that we're not going to be able to trust anything we, we see or hear anymore if it's coming over our phones or our TVs or computers or our radios or in the newspaper, print media, magazines. We're not going to be able to trust any of it anymore. So what do we trust? And we've already gotten a taste of this. It's not like this is just coming down from the sky and it's 1988, you know? We've already gotten a taste of a lot of this. You know, the, the propaganda that goes on during elections. Um, you know, the, the whole uh, disinformation, disinformation, misinformation, disinformation. I'm not sure if disinformation is even a word. I think they made it a word. It used to be misinformation. Um that was spoon-fed to us over and over again through the media. And a lot of that's being proven that it was all lies, but nobody cared. And it's old news now. That's a great oxymoron, isn't it? Old news. Um, it's old news now, and nobody cares. Nobody cares what was really real two years ago. Do they even care what was really real five, five minutes ago? Was it even really real? Perhaps we will withdraw from all of that outside of us, all of that exterior stimulation that we receive throughout all of these different media devices. And perhaps we will pull back in and we will trust the people that we know and we'll trust our own experiences and we'll trust our own mind to make the right decisions for ourselves. Maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe we're headed back to more one-on-one -on -one communication, face-to-face -face communication, um, trusting the people we know or that we've known for a long time. I'm just not sure about any of this, but I know that we're on the verge of a very big change in this country, and it worries me, maybe because I just want everybody to get along. <laughs> Why can't we just all get along? Oh, that, that's my, um, that's kind of how I see the world. I just want us to all get along and work toward peace. And the first place you find that is in your heart and in your own life. And then that spreads to the people around you. And we are so far from peace as a country and as individuals in this country. Sometimes I think that we just look for reasons to be angry or to be separate from others. And I wonder where we're going to go next. But I know that this AI is going to change so much about our culture as 
a country, it's going to change our psyche. How we relate with people. How we disseminate information, how we absorb information. It's all about to change. And I really think that we're going to be questioning ourselves over and over again. Is this real? Is that real? Was that real? Is that real for me? And what do I think? Perhaps we're losing that ability to think critically. On another viewpoint from this, now this gets back into the more, you know, alternative beliefs is um, folklore says that Atlantis crumbled after their technology exceeded their abilities. And uh, I think about that a little too, like, huh, is this part of what happened in Atlantis? Did it fall because they had AI? Or was it some type of uh, weapon that they created that did it? But uh, I want to say, I believe it was Edgar Casey. If you guys know, will you send me a chat right now or come on as a guest? Um, I think it was Edgar Casey that talked about the fall of Atlantis and how it happened um, because of technology. Technology got away from us, basically. And uh, we used it to destroy ourselves and all the other countries around us. I'm speaking like I was there. <laughs> yeah. We were destroyed because of technology. Like, oh, yes, yes. Back in my day when I lived in Atlantis, that past life. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I did. <laughs> Who knows? But... um <laughs> Maybe it didn't, it just slipped out. Like, oh yeah, back in the day when I lived there, that's what we experienced. <laughs> I make myself laugh. If, even if none of you guys find it humorous or you're not listening, that's fine. I just make myself laugh on here. But, um, you know, perhaps that's what happened uh, to Atlantis and to other ancient civilizations that disappeared. You know, maybe they're technology got ahead of them, got the best of them, and it made their society crumble under that. And maybe that's where we're headed. You know, I, I've been trying to think about like the good, like what would be the good uses of, of AI, right? Like what would be some of the good things that's coming our way that may help us figure out more about what's real. Um, and I struggle with that. You know, I, I have been in three chat bot, chat bot, yeah, that's how you say it, conversations in the past week. I wanted to get help for things I was working on, other projects online. And I could not get to a live person. I had to talk to a chat bot first. One of them was actually a pretty good experience. <laughs> it was much more pleasant to me than the person that I finally got on the line. So in that way, I'll give it to them. That chat bot was much better than the person. Um, one of them did not tell me they were a chat bot. And I figured it out later in the conversation. I like to know... I like to know if I am communicating with a living human being or not. That's what's real for me. And I like to know when I'm not too, because then I don't have to write full sentences. <laughs> These are the search words it's going to search for, so that's all I need. Um, but besides chatbots for um, looking up information and besides it writing our blogs and editing our videos and, uh, I don't know, anticipating the algorithms that we each want so that we all have our own reality reflected back to us so we can live in vacuums. Besides all of that, like, what is AI going to be good for? 
Will it only be used to make things convenient for us? I don't know. I don't mean to pick on AI, but uh, it's something new that's coming out. And is, is it real? Does it warp what we think is real? So how do you know if something is real to you? How do you know that you can trust? And I think that all gets back to truth. We talked a lot about truth when we were talking about the chakras, especially when it came to the throat chakra and the brow chakra. Um, it was a lot about knowing what's true for you. And sometimes we don't know what's really true for us and what's real for us until we get older. You know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, 40 and over, let's just say that. Um, it seems like a lot of times we're not really sure what's true for us until then because perhaps we've tried on so many hats by then that we're like, all right, <laughs> I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not the other, I must be this. This is what feels good to me. Or I've tried all these different things and this is the only thing that works for me. So I think that this is where I'm going to stay in, in, this, um, in this lane and then know that that's real and that's true for me and who I am. Um, and once we know what's true for us, we can compare other experiences, new experience against what we know is true for us and then decide if it remains true for us or if we need to alter our perception of what's true for us based on new information that's come in, right? I mean, and that's, that's, I don't know, I think that's pretty understandable. It's like you have a baseline and this baseline is who you are. This is who I am all the time. That's who I am. This is what I put up with. This is what I don't put up with. So this is what's true for me and who I am. So based on me and who I am and what's true for me, then when information bumps up against that, then I can decide is that real or is it not real, okay? If I don't believe in aliens and I don't think there's any such thing as an alien at all, and I think this is coming from the movie that I watched last night. It was that movie Nope, N-O-P-E. I love those Jordan Peele movies. Um, so it was that movie, Nope, and it was about aliens. So that's what got me thinking about this. So if you don't believe in aliens, then and an alien shows up in front of you, your first thought is going to be, that's not real. That can't be real because in my world, that doesn't exist. It kind of it gets me thinking back to that story about the Native Americans when they first saw Columbus's ships, and this is probably complete nonsense, but this is how the story goes, that the Native Americans didn't have a word for ships and they'd never seen them. They hadn't been in their consciousness before. So it, they didn't even know what they were seeing when they saw it. They didn't see it there because it wasn't part of their consciousness to know that that could be real and that could exist. But then, like, I don't know, an Indian chief that had seen a ship before came over and saw it and said, like, those are ships kind of thing. Um, but I think about that sometimes. And I think about how when we experience something that is so foreign to what we already know, how long does it take us to figure out what it is? And then how long does it take us to decide whether it's real or true for us? Maybe it just depends on the person that that time lapse, that stop gap. Maybe it depends on the person to assimilate the new information, acknowledge it, and then decide if it's for them or not. But what do we, what process do we go through when we get new information? And it may be in complete contradiction to what we know to be real. For instance, um, in this country, there was a lot of opinions, very differing opinions on the election. Some people believed 
that it was real for them that the election was a fraud. Other people, it was real for them that the election was legitimate. And those beliefs were very real and still are, of course, very real to them. And because of that, it creates other perceptions of what's real as related to those beliefs. If you have this one central belief that you believe is real, then you're going to have all these other little um, accessory beliefs that go along with that main belief of what's real. Quite a few years ago, I had my own radio show. And um, there were other people that had their show also. And this is where like the whole internet radio was just starting to take off. And I got involved in it because I just thought it was really exciting. I like new technology and stuff. This whole AI thing, of course, is throwing me for a loop. But, uh, but I got involved in it and I met some of the other people that were doing live shows also. We had people call in. It, it worked just like this app worked and works. And that's one of the reasons why um, I like this app so much because it's in a format that's familiar to me. And uh, I bet, like I said, I met some of the other people that had shows there. And there was this one person who was completely opposite completely opposite than what her show was. Her show was pretty raunchy, highly sexual, um, like just, she would just say anything and uh, talk about just all oh, this crazy, crazy stuff, right? And, uh, and you picture her as a very different person than who she really is. And I actually got to know her and she was a pretty savvy business person. And I said to her, you know, it's interesting to me that, um, you know, you have this talk show and there you are kind of like hiding behind a microphone and you are like way open about like wild, wild stuff. And, you know, the way that you talk sometimes so I'm not going to say I'm offended because if I was, I shouldn't be listening. But like, wow, you know, I just wouldn't see that coming out of your mouth. And if that's all that I knew about you, I don't know if I would really choose you to be my friend because I don't think we have a lot in common. I would think that if I'd never you know, met you in person. And if I met you in person and all I know about you is this, um, the job that you do, you know, she had a regular corporate job and she was a really high achiever, very ambitious. And I said, if that's all I knew about you, then I would think that you're a completely different person than this other side of you. I said, so which one of you is real? And she's like, well, they both are. And, um, you know, I realized that she really wasn't able to um, uh, incorporate these different sides of her. That uh, it was, she was either one or the other, very compartmentalized. But I remember thinking, like, who's the real you? And why do you have to be so extreme? And so I think about that on wisdom. You know, during the day, I'll listen to different people talking, and I think to myself, are you being real? Is this who you really are? You know, or, or is this a persona that you're putting on? Or do you just want attention from people and you need an audience? And, you know, I hate it, but there are a lot of people on here that are just looking for attention and just want an audience and they, they need to be fed. And they really aren't contributing much information or really any type of um, interesting conversations. They just get on and they just talk about, I don't know, depressing stuff. And half the time you can't even understand part of what they're saying. I'm like, okay, is that the real you? Or I don't know, maybe I think people should be happy and positive and have something to contribute in order to be on here. And to have a talk, and I guess that's not the case either, and that's the real me.
And that's my opinion of being real. But wisdom gives us the ability to hide who we really are. Um, I don't think that that was the intention of this app. I think the intention was to show up in your integrity and to be who you are and share your experience and opinions with others and learn from each other and grow. When I joined, that was my impression, and that's what was real for me, and it still is. But that's not everyone's reality. That's not what's real for everyone on here. Um, and so we have to figure those things out and tiptoe through them to find the things that are valuable to us, just like everything in life. Just like what I talked about before with all these different sources of information that come our way day and night and we have to sort through them to figure out what's real for us and you know I've talked before in the past about how we create our own reality and how we each have our own realities existing at the same time you know you're sitting there on the other side of my phone listening to me in a completely different reality than the reality that I'm experiencing right here on this side of the phone. I created this reality through my thoughts and through my decisions, just as you did yours. Your reality is very real to you, and my reality is very real to me. And yet here we are connected by this phone, experiencing a shared reality that's very different than the individual realities of each other. I find that very fascinating. How can that happen? <laughs> How can those two realities exist in the same sphere and yet they were connecting together and, you know, there's 30, over 30 people listening or have listened at some point in this conversation. And so there's 30 of us with all of our own different realities created by our own thoughts and decisions that are very real to us. And yet we're all here connected at this same time, creating something new that's real for all of us. I just think that, that that's just so interesting to me. Talking earlier about experiences that I have um, when, I, when I do sessions with people and there's like these shared experiences, today it was like that too. I don't know about how it was for you, but it was kind of quiet for me. My phone didn't ring as much. I didn't get as many texts. I didn't get as many emails. There wasn't a lot of communication going on today. And I spoke with my husband and he said the same thing. Wow, what a quiet day it was, he said. And I said, yeah, I thought so too. So here we are. Of course, we share the same combined mutual reality because we live together. Um, we know each other really well. But we have separate realities in our work. He does very different work than I do. And he works in a group environment where I'm kind of solo, right? So we have very different group environments, but in his work group environment today, it was a very quiet day. And it was the same way for my environment. Not a lot going on on the phone or in emails, just a quiet day. Even here on Wisdom, this is a quiet night on Wisdom. So why is it that we're having the same kind of experience of a quiet day, and that's what's real for us, when we each have these own individual separate realities that are real to us also? I think that's very interesting. Does anyone else out there think that's interesting? <laughs> okay. So that's what um, that's what I want to talk about tonight is what is real? What is real for you? What's real for me? And how do we choose what's real? Perhaps it is like driving a car. We have all this stuff going on in every second that we're driving. And yet we have to prioritize, reprioritize 
identify what's important at that moment for what our goals are, and that's what becomes real for us at that moment in time. And perhaps that's how all of life is. We have all this information coming at us from all these different sources, such varied opinions being thrown at us day and night in person and through the media, not to mention those algorithms that just mirror back to us what we've already stated that we agree with, and that's what's familiar to us, and that all gets mirrored back to us. So we're constantly having to prioritize and reprioritize this information to choose what's true to us and what's real for us. And as I said before, it's going to become even more complicated when we can't trust anything that we are seeing and hearing. And I think the last couple of years, you know, since really since the beginning of COVID, let's say the last three years, I think that we have not trusted information that was being given to us in whatever form it was. We didn't trust it on a underlying level, you know, like a, a quieter level, like, I don't know if I believe that. Or somebody would say, oh, I saw it on the news. I saw this. I heard that. Oh, it was on the internet. Yeah. You know, we'd say, oh, if it's on the internet, yeah, it's got to be true, right? But inside, we would just kind of get the feeling of, I'm not sure if I believe in that or not. I'm not sure if that's what's right for me or not. But now going forward with AI, we're going to see it and still not believe it. Or I don't know, maybe we'll go through a phase where we still believe it when we see it, when it's completely false. You know, the whole thing, you got to see it to believe it, that's going to be completely out the window. Doesn't matter anymore. You're going to see things that are not real. You are going to hear things in the voice of someone familiar that is not real. So you're not going to be able to trust your senses anymore. You're not going to be able to trust your, your sight or your hearing. The only thing you're going to be able to trust is your inner truth. Your intuition is going to tell you if something doesn't feel right. But in this country, we are so out of whack with trusting ourselves and developing our intuition that, um, wow, you know, will people even do that? Or is it just going to continue to divide us further and further apart? And if that's the case, then hopefully we'll turn toward each other and the people in our immediate vicinity and we'll start creating community with what we know to be true, right? Because we firsthand experience it. And maybe that's what we should call this time going forward is, um, you know, perhaps you can only trust your firsthand experience and knowledge of those things in which you are directly engaged that might be the only thing that you can truly trust going forward. I don't know. I just, you know, looking ahead, I see like this huge red flag <laughs> being waved in front of us. Red flag, red flag, AI, AI. You won't be able to trust anything anymore. Don't believe what you see or hear. It's, it's nonsense. You know, it just, wow. And it's going to be so believable. So believable, it's going to be hard to even question. So all I have to say is good luck to you and good luck to me and good luck to this country that we can, and the world, because I assume that this technology is going everywhere, that we will be able to practice discernment. We'll be able to figure out what's true for us and stick with it and stay with it. Um, we'll be able to acknowledge what resonates with us and leave everything else behind. Um, hopefully we'll be able to identify that part of us that resonates with what's real for us. And hopefully, maybe, 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 hopefully, we'll still be open to 
unknown experiences, um, things that we have no knowledge of yet, things that we haven't had personal experience in yet, hopefully we'll still be open to those things, you know, that new information that comes our way that may alter our beliefs and how we see things and what we know to be real and true for us. Because what is real should be able to be adaptable and flexible when you have new information. You should be able to expand your beliefs and not just discard anything that's different from what you already know is real for you. You should be able to say, oh, look at this new information. I received it firsthand, <laughs> so I know it hasn't been created by AI. I received it firsthand, so I know it's real, and it's in direct conflict with my preconceived notions of what was real. And I'm able to expand my beliefs so that I can incorporate this new facet of what's real into what I already know to be what's real. And I can expand my consciousness while doing that. I hope that that's where we are headed as a country. That's the vision I'm putting out there. I hope you do too. Um, I always want our highest good and our best good as a collective. And um, I hope that we're moving in that way. I hope we've evolved enough as humans in this country to be able to accept and adapt to all these changes that are coming our way. I hope, I hope we've evolved enough to, to be able to um, experience that at a higher level, but we shall see, right? We shall see. To learn more about me and my services and to book a session, please click the link in this podcast or visit www.angelaboswell.com. Thank you.